0: God's glory is here. I love you guys. I can't tell you guys that enough, just as Jesus can't tell us that enough. Come on, that's the purpose. Purpose is love. In fact, the Bible says that that's how the world will know that you follow Christ for your love for one another. Well, I have something I've been working really hard on. I have no idea how it's going to come out. But I've been working hard on this because um, sometimes when the Lord's leading you, we expect like, I was just talking to TJ about this, but we expect an angel to come down with like a golden box from heaven and like the doves flying out with a word from the Lord. And sometimes it's just a gentle leading by the Lord and he starts pushing you in a direction. So I started going in this direction out of curiosity and I feel like the Lord really pushed me. Then he starts pushing. As you start following him, you start responding to him. He starts pushing you into revelation. And hopefully I can bring it today. But I really believe what the Lord is after. I'm going to be talking for the next weeks about the book of Exodus. And it's such a relevant story today. It's a relevant story. Because the story of Exodus is about God's people. It was God's people who he covenanted with he covenanted with you know what a covenant is that's a promise to the death to blood he made a promise and he meant it that he was going to give his people rest to give them a promise and the world got its grip on God's people the world got its grip on them and enslaved them but God had a plan didn't he to free them and the crazy thing about this story is that, again, just like we have these false ideas of these words from the Lord with doves and angels, that the process is not what it should look like in our minds. It doesn't always, and I say that actually, let me rewind that, it never looks like it should in our minds and how we would like it to many times but God's got a plan. And what was the plan? The plan was to get them, not just, he didn't just, Jesus didn't come to die just to rescue you from the world's grip. That was only step one. But he wanted to get you to him. Because remember, The story of Exodus starts climaxing when they get to the glory of God. He wants you to get to the mountain of God and to be with him and then lead you by his presence into the promise. So I'm going to talk and I'm going to break it up over the weeks today about stage one. God's rescuing you from the world you know, this is something that you may be going through personally. We can the thing about metaphors in the Bible, and the thing about God's word is what I and what I love. And those of you here that love digging in the Word, this is one of the things we all love: is that there's so many revelations to His Word. It's never ever unfolded completely to us with every revelation, with every page you turn, there seems to be more goodness. There's more life in the next page. And I, I'm a firm believer that even though he writes the law in our hearts, and we're gonna talk about that in the, in the weeks coming, of continual reading or listening. I don't care how you do it. I mean, I have an iPad and I hold this up. My friends make fun of me that I say the Bible and I'm holding up an iPad. That is my Bible. I got all my references, I got my highlights, right? That's my Bible, but well, I don't care how you do it, but it's constantly in it, reading it, listening to it. And that could be, that's also a sideline, the music you're listening to, filled with the word or filled with the world, right? The same thing with movies, television. Now listen, I know we're in the world, so we're in it. It's gonna be around you, but we're not supposed to be of it. And that's your commercial for today. But I love his word because it just keeps unfolding. There's just so much revelation. So I'm going to talk about some parallels when we look at some of the things that happened in the Old Testament to New Testament where Jesus came and started fulfilling the word. But there are so many levels that he's still doing things today. There's still things unfolding that haven't even been completely fulfilled in our lives. There are things that Jesus said that he will do one day. He promised us that, so we know that there is more. There's a constant. His story, Jesus' story at the cross was finished, but Jesus' story for the full rescue of this earth is not. Technically, the enemy's power has been lost. It's finished, and he's bound already. It just hasn't happened yet in our timeline, because God's told us the end from the beginning, but it's still unfolding. We're still part of this plan. It's still happening today. And that's an amazing thing that we get to be part of. It's such a special thing to be a believer. This is not, I'm not using, um, you know, lingos and, and just saying sweet little words to say it's a special thing to know God. It's, a ge- it's genuinely the most amazing thing. It's an amazing thing to know him and to walk with him. But the first thing he's got to do, and, and if you're a believer here today, you went through this, is he got to rescue you from the world. Who remembers a little bit of that rescue? <laughs> it's a bit of a process, isn't it? The world wants you bad. And in fact, it wants to enslave you. Now, this is the thing about God and his kingdom in the world. I didn't write the Bible, and I didn't make it up. And what I'm telling you today is God's word. It's not my opinion. But the Bible says that when you don't know Christ, your father is the devil. That's a very harsh statement that we don't like to say a lot to people. It's a great way to witness to people on the street. Do you know your father's the devil? Doesn't work great. It's a truth, doesn't work great in the street. But it's a truth. That the reality is, is until you submit to the Father, even though he fathered creation in the beginning, we handed the keys over through sin to the Father of this world. Now, Jesus, graciously through his blood, because he loves us, has given us an opportunity to come back to the Father again. But Jesus has to, he, he did it already. This is the fun thing about God, is that, God, when it says that God on the seventh day rested, I really believe that time itself, that what we're living now is really in the past. I know it's like mind bending because God is outside of time. He's already seen it. When he rested, it was already done. We're just walking out what God has already done. And it makes sense because the Bible says, as I said during worship, that you are literally seated with him with Christ in heavenly places. You are seated with Christ next to the Father. How's that possible if your body's still here? Because it's already done in the spirit, but there's a natural walking out. And this is the part about Christianity that we don't like because this is the part where we got to change. We don't want to change. We're stubborn people and we always have been. This story of Exodus is about, you know what God called them? A stubborn, stiff-necked people. So we're all the same. We don't want to change. We don't want to submit to God, but God loves us. He's so faithful to us. And they failed him, not just in Exodus, but they failed him all the way through the whole Bible. Even after Christ paid the price, they were still failing him, but his love and his mercy keeps loving them and it keeps loving us today. And so we come to the beginning here. I just want—I'm just going to read some of the verses. I encourage you to go and read the book of Exodus yourself. As always, I—I um, I am a huge believer on just putting it in you, even if you don't understand what you're reading. Just read it anyway. I've heard so many testimonies of people that just started reading, and revelation started coming. They weren't even—they. I heard a story recently of a guy who was illiterate. He couldn't read more than a page without, like, just completely phasing out. Couldn't even get through a page of a book. But started reading the Bible, and that was it. He just started consuming it. Couldn't get enough of it. Had an encounter with God, and now the guy goes all over the world serving the Lord. 22 years of drugs. 22 years as an addict. Actually, right before that, I'm sorry, this is another commercial. I guess is what God wanted to say. 22 years as an addict, but... Uh, miraculously, cold turkey, he was actually in a program, walked out because God had had done such a revelation inside of him. Walked out of the program. It was a one-year program, but God had done such an amazing work in him. So fast, so miraculously, he literally walked out. And it's been 10 years that he's never looked back and has been, he's like the real, like Paul, Saul turned Paul guy. But 22 years as an addict, and God just delivered him just like that. But he submitted, he gave himself to the Lord, he's been going through this process now. He came out, there was a re- something happened in the spirit, and then he's had to walk out. Well, we all have to walk out, just keep pushing aside the flesh, pushing aside those things, pushing aside everything. He, but right before he got into the program, he went into the program because he ended up, um, if I remember right, there's a few few details, but... He ended up stealing from a dealer and then from a cop, and like, it got dark. So this guy decided to go in, and that was it. He was like, okay, I got no choice because I'm going to die. And bam, God changed him. So that was for somebody today. I don't know why it just came out of my mouth. That's for you today. The world. Exodus. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Praise you, Lord. God's good. Come on. Now we sound like a church. (laughs) He is, good. But God, see, what it says in Ephesians 3, it says in Ephesians 3, verse 3, that God himself revealed his mysterious plan to me, and this is God's plan, both Gentiles and Jews. That means everybody in the world. That means if you're here today, he's talking to you. That those who believe the good news... The good news of Jesus Christ, that he died, that he gave his life, that he shed his blood for you, that we can share equally in the riches inherited by God's children, and both, that means the whole world, whoever accepts this, no matter where you've come from a religious background, you've come from the world, doesn't matter, you are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. And Paul goes on and says, I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. And God's purpose, look at verse 10. God's purpose in all this was to use the church. That's you, people. That's us. It was to use the church to display his wisdom and its rich variety to All the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. And because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. Come on, yeah, you can clap for that. What an amazing work that he's done the purpose is verse 12, to come boldly into God's presence. It was the same exact purpose in Exodus as well. It was the same purpose. He rescued them from the world to get into his presence, to bring them to himself. And that is the opportunity to us today. And I believe that there are, no matter how long you've been Uh, serving the Lord. Whether today is your day to say yes to Christ or you've been saying yes to him for 30 years or 40 years or 50 years, there's a constant analogy of coming out of the world, pushing aside the world, coming through the wilderness to the mountain of God and into his promise. And that's the premise of the book, book of Exodus. There's this constant, a constantly coming out of the world Constantly pushing aside the world, getting the world out of you. It has its grip on you and it doesn't want to let you go. Because the Bible says, look at, let's look in the book of, am I making sense? Am I transitioning okay? Because sometimes I'm like, my mind starts going and I'm like, wait a second, did I finish my last point? I think so. I think so. But the Bible says in the book of Exodus, chapter 1, verse 6. It says, in time, Joseph and all of his brothers died. Now, who remembers the story of Joseph? Joseph had gone to Egypt, and he had really, God preserved his people, right? Joseph just as one of 12 brothers, right, and his father and their families, and God had preserved them. There was a big drought, a big famine coming on the land. God preserved them, but as a byproduct, Egypt actually became very prosperous and prospered because of Joseph, because of God in Joseph, in, this, in the world, the world had prospered. But it says that after that generation, verse 7, their descendants, the Israelites, had many children and grandchildren. And In fact, they multiplied so greatly that they became extremely powerful and filled the land. In verse eight, eventually a new king came to power in Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph or what he had done. And there's so many levels to this. Just very, very quickly, very quickly. This could be in your life. You may not know what Jesus did. You might be in the world and in slavery and those, the world over you, doesn't care what Jesus did. Doesn't, they, don't, they could care less what Jesus did right this is the, just a very quick analogy you might not know what he did you might not even know the story yourself of why you're in why you were in the world why you were trapped but the reality is is that that whether this is a personal thing whether it was just in in your heart but also i want to look at this as the church i believe we come into a time where the, the world has forgotten what Jesus did. And even in this nation, this nation, people came originally to this land for religious freedom. I don't care about all the parallels. They did come to, to for gold, and they came for other things alongside. They always go alongside God's plan. Listen, you go find God, you're going to find the devil. You find Jesus, you're gonna find the devil. Okay, it's not this is not rocket science. So just because there were things that came into this nation at the same time, this land, God blessed this land. He established this land that we live in because people said, I want to serve God and I want to serve him freely and wholly. And we can't forget that, but I believe that this nation's forgotten. I believe we've come in a time where the powers that be have forgotten. They have forgotten what Jesus did for us and for this nation. Well, what happens? You start forgetting, you're going to get the oppression, the oppression that we're in. And listen, other, we're like, we're, I'm talking, the Lord's warning us to pray now because in other nations, communism has already converted. They've been in it. They're gone. It's, too, it's not too late for God to free them, but it's too late to beforehand. We're in the beforehand. We're in that moment to pray. We're, we have a, an opportunity to pray, and the Bible says that in, in Exodus 1 verse 9, he said to his people, look, the people of Israel now outnumber us. This is the Pharaoh, and they're stronger than we are. And I'm just going to breeze through this because I want to read a lot, but I'll keep it fast paced. If you guys start falling asleep, I'm just going to keep talking anyway. But it says in verse 10, we must make a plan to keep them from growing even more. The world is... They, and the this is, listen, this is the reality. The enemy is going to try to squash you. He's going to try to crush you. He's been trying to crush the church since God founded it. That's not something we don't know. And he says they've, they've been trying and they've been trying and they're trying, and you just can't stop God, right? But he says if war breaks out, they will join our enemies and fight against us, and they will escape from our country, the rest of verse 10. And then verse 11, then the Israelites The Egyptians made the Israelites their slaves. And they appointed brutal slave drivers over them, hoping to wear them down with crushing labor. Talked some weeks ago about this. See, when we're coming out of Christ, when we're coming out of Christ, coming, I mean coming out of the world to Christ. Wow, big difference. Don't come out of Christ in this church. When we're coming out of the world to Christ, right? We know, we're very aware of the crushing labor. Sometimes you don't know when you're in it, but when you start coming out of him, becomes very aware of just the labor of this world, right? The heaviness of this world, and and that's by the enemy. It's been put there by the, the enemy to crush you, to try to keep you captive. God's got a plan. It says that the more they crush them, the more they spread, In verse 13, the Egyptians worked the people of Israel without mercy and they made their lives bitter, forcing them to mix mortar and make bricks and do all the works in the fields and they were ruthless in all their demands. But this is what it says in Exodus chapter 2 verse 23, and this is the cry for the church, the church of America, the church of the world, or even if you have been lost yourself, maybe you're in a place that you're lost personally, this is what is the, this is the only answer. This is the answer and the only answer. Verse 23, years passed and the king of Egypt died, but the Israelites continued to groan under the burden of slavery. It says, they cried out for help and their cry rose up to God. They cried out for help and the cry rose up to God. God heard, verse 24, their groaning and he remembered his covenant promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he looked down on his people Israel and knew it was time to act. God knows what he's doing. You cry out to God, and the time frames, you just gotta get that out of your mind because they're never gonna make sense. But if you cry out to God, we pray today as a church, you pray to him for yourself or for your family and I'm getting ahead of myself, we're weeks ahead, but you start praying, now God will hear you every single time. It may not come in the time frame you like or in the process that you want, but he will hear you and bring a solution. I will promise you that because the Bible promises that. So Exodus chapter three, verse eight, and I'm gonna keep moving because my throat's feeling sore, it's just the enemy, but I'm going to keep moving and thank you Lord. In Jesus name we're going to get through this. Thank you Lord. Verse 8. I have come down. Listen, this is <laughs> this is this is good. Come on, God is good. I'm going to keep saying it. That's just our theme right now. We sang it this morning and we we got a new song we're working on about the goodness of God and then even the next one by accident the lyrics are about the goodness of God. God is good and he loves his people. He still loves America. Doesn't matter what we've done or how we've pushed him away. He loves this nation and he loves you no matter how much you've pushed him away. Even if you've been walking with him for a time and you've been pushing him away, his love never fails. Amen. But he says that I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It's a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, and all those other guys live. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me. Listen what God says. The cry has reached me. When you're in the oppression of the world and you start crying out, when you start feeling like it doesn't matter how long you've been a believer, I think that Exodus and the story of the, of, of the world, the wilderness, and the promise is your entire life. You're always going to be in and out of these things, always heading towards the ultimate promise. The promise is not on this earth. Oops. Oops. There are promises, many, 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 many that he gives you on this earth, but the promised land got replaced as a place on earth as eternity in heaven with God forever. Otherwise, why would he rave about our spirits already being with him if his promise was here? That's all I'm going to say about that. We'll get into that in the weeks ahead, but he is trying to get you to your promise But in that process, the world will be trying, and we have one job, cry out to God. You cry out to God, and He will hear you. It will reach Him. Don't worry that you feel like my answer hasn't come today because I want to look. That's what it feels like many times. Why hasn't the answer come? I've been crying out to you. You need to know today that you've been crying out to God for any miracle in your life any miracle, God has heard you. Don't look at the circumstances. Don't even look at what you call outcomes because it's not finished until it's finished. And even when it's finished in this natural world, when your body dies, the world says that's the outcome. But the Bible shows us that that's not even the outcome, that eternity is their outcome. That's the outcome. So don't look at this world. Don't look, don't look, just keep crying out because the Bible, that's what God wants you to tell him today. Cry out to him because he's hearing you and and we need to keep doing that, keep doing that, keep doing that. But it says, it says in Exodus chapter three, verse 16, he's talking, he says, go and call together all the elders of Israel, tell them, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob has appeared to me. He told me, I've been watching closely and I see how the Egyptians are treating you. See, God sees what you're going through. Don't ever think that God doesn't know what you're going through. No matter what it is, mentally, physically, or spiritually, God sees what you're going through. He's fully aware of your prayers. He's fully aware of your suffering. He's fully aware of your sweat and your tears. And he has a solution. And he said, I've promised He said, I've been watching closely and I see how they've been treating you. And because of that, I promise to rescue you from your oppression in Egypt. And I will lead you. Come on, just say, it. the Lord will will lead lead me. me. Come on, (laughs) he's going to lead me. And I know it and you got to know it. You got to know it today. Unfortunately, the Israelites didn't know it. We'll get into that. You need to know it. Let's learn from them let learn from their mistakes. I'm way ahead of myself, weeks ahead. Verse 19, it says, but I know that the king of Egypt, this is God, he will not let you go unless a mighty hand forces him. See, the, the Lord's also familiar. He knows, his de- he knows the devil. He knows the plans and purposes that he does. Now, the devil's trying to outsmart God as if he's gonna win, but we have the book of Revelation written down before we were even born, the end was already written. And I don't know what his plan is and what he thinks he's going to do and how he's going to outsmart God. But God is fully aware of his enemy. And the king of Egypt is the symbol of Satan. It's the symbol of the world and Satan. Even his, even his, right, there, his logo on his head is the serpent. He's a symbol of the devil and the world. Egypt is the world that you're in. And the Pharaoh is the enemy who's ruler over that place. But he says, he will not let you go unless a mighty hand forces him. And so I will raise my hand and strike the Egyptians, performing all kinds of miracles among them. Then at last, he will let you go. You know, there's some parallels here too. So without getting way off, because I don't want to waste time, but there are some parallels. I believe that the Lord, because that's what's prophesied in the Bible, the Lord's going to do some mighty miracles again in the world. And those that are on God's side will be walking into freedom. And those who are left behind, who knows the story of Egypt? Egypt didn't make it. There's some pyramids out there. They got some remains. I don't see their king still reigning. Come on, guys. God's going to do it again. And the church needs to get rid of the world, get out of the world now. You start cleaning out now. Just trusting God now. Keep crying out because God's got a plan and he's going to do it. And, and, and those that decide to stay, that's their choice. But it says... In Exodus chapter four, verse 29, then Moses and Aaron returned to Egypt and called all the elders of Israel together. God anoints Moses. He sends them, You can go read it yourself. But he, Moses comes back, right? God raised someone up to lead his people. And it says in verse 30, Aaron told them everything the Lord had told Moses. And Moses performed the miraculous signs as they watched. In verse 31, then the people of Israel were convinced that the Lord had sent Moses and Aaron. This is a verse I need you to hear. It says that they were convinced, that the Lord had sent Moses and Aaron. How many times have you heard the word of the Lord and you were convinced? <clears throat> you've been crying out to the Lord and the Lord gives you some testimony. He gives you some, a word of knowledge. He gives you, somebody says, I had a dream, I had a vision, or I just wanted to share something with you. And it confirms what you've been crying out for. And you're so excited. You're convinced. You are convinced that the Lord has heard me and he's concerned about me and he's seen what I've gone through. And you worship him. It says that they bowed down and worshiped him. Unfortunately, their story doesn't end here. But we've all been in this place. We've all been right here. And we need to do this step. But it says in Exodus chapter five, verse one, I'm just breezing through the story. There's a lot, in, there's a lot of extra stuff in there. And again, I encourage you just read it. Listen to me. I know that I'm saying it like a broken record and then we probably won't read it, but just go do it. I encourage you. <laughs> Verse one, after this presentation to Israel's leaders, Moses and Aaron went and spoke to Pharaoh. And they told him, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, says, let my people go. Come on, everybody knows that line. You know what's funny is, Moses probably didn't say it like Charlton Heston because well, I didn't get into his story, but he argues with God like over and over and over again. I can't, I can't speak. And it's funny, he probably wasn't, it's either one of two things. Either the power of God came out of him and he sounded just like Charlton Heston, or he kind of whimpered it, which to the world, to the Pharaoh, would look like, who are you? Because we see his response. He says, he says, um, I'm sorry, now I'm lost here. Verse two, is that so, retorted Pharaoh? And who is the Lord? Yes, thank you. Thank you, Linda. I will take that. He says, and who is the Lord? See, the enemy, the enemy knows darn well who the Lord is. So does Pharaoh. He just doesn't want to submit to him. But he says, why should I listen to him and let Israel go? I don't know the Lord, and I will not let Israel go. Listen, this is part of your message today. So get this point. Cry out to God, and God's got an answer. But let me tell you this point. This is what I want you to really hear. The world is not going to let you go easily. And don't be surprised by that. Because they still need slaves. The devil, remember I started the sermon, unless God is your father, the devil's your father. He's just a copycat. That's all he can do is copy. But he loves when people are worshiping him. When you aren't serving God, you're worshiping the devil. I I know that's like extreme. It sounds like, I'm not worshiping the devil. But that's what the Bible says. You're bringing worship and adoration to him when you're not living for God and living in his system. Remember, you're in Egypt, you're in the system, and God's trying to get you out of that place. But when you serve that king, not serving God, even as a slave, He's getting worship from you, and he doesn't want to let you go. He needs his things built. He wants his kingdom built. Because remember, what was their job? To build his kingdom. He, oh, wait. You, I'm sorry, devil. You mean those empty? Come on, guys. You mean those empty pyramids? Come on. Even if the devil enslaves you and makes you build his kingdom for a time, come on. They're empty now nice place to visit, go look at some stones. God's got a plan. You got to know it, but it didn't come easily. I want you to hear that today. He will not let you go easily, but let me tell you this. You trust God and he will let you go. The devil, come on, praise him. The devil (laughs) is going to let you go when you look to God. He doesn't have a choice. He may retort, and he may say all kinds of stuff to you because it says that same day, listen to this. <laughs> I, who loves God's word? Come on, try and tell me that his word's not relevant. We just got to open this thing and read it. It's so relevant today. It's not funny. It's not funny, really. It's so relevant. He says that same day Pharaoh sent this order to the Egyptian slave drivers and the Israelite foreman: do not supply any more straw. Who has tried Who has had God speak to you and say, I want you to give that thing up in your life. I want you to come closer. I want you to give some more world up. Who knows the very same day, that exact area that God's calling for you to push out and get that world out of you, what happens? The very same day Pharaoh's coming. You can bet the devil heard the Lord speak to your heart. I don't know how it all works and I don't care. We don't need to get into that. But somehow he knows. He's not all-knowing. Maybe it's just that demon that tries to get you following you around that's whispering, taking notes, and going back to him. I don't know. But somehow, right, every day, you say, I'm going to give that up. I'm going to give that up. I'm going to give that up. Okay, Lord, what happens? Devil goes, okay. All right. Do not supply any more straw for making bricks. Make the people get it themselves, but still require them to make the same number of bricks as before. Don't reduce the quota. They are lazy. Isn't this funny? You, the devil's got you enslaved. You realize and start seeking God. Not only does he come and put the pressure on you double, because who knows, it's twice as much work to go get what you need to be his slave. (laughs) Come on. But then, listen to this, then he's got the nerve to call you lazy. That's why they're crying out, let us go and offer sacrifices to God. Load them down with more work. Who feels a little more loaded down every single time you try to start trusting God? Every time you trust God, just know this. This is why the Bible was penned down was for us. This is not a story to be putting on a shelf and be like, yeah, that was their story. This is mine. It was written for us to identify with and see, wow, we're all going through the same things. And he says, make them sweat. That will teach them to listen to lies. Who's the liar here? The second thing that always happens is not only do you feel twice as burdened, but immediately. Come on, who can testify? As soon as God asked something of you and spoken the truth into your heart, the devil tries to whirl that thing around immediately and say it was a lie. You're not supposed to do that. You're not called to do that. Who do you think you are? You're a slave. You're a nobody. You're not getting free. And it's gonna get harder. And, the, and if you don't, listen, I remember talking to somebody, I was trying to deal with this guy for a while, and we keep praying for him, but he said these exact scriptures in his own words, he said, it feels like every time that I start giving myself to God, my life gets a lot harder. As, but to him, see, this is what the devil does, that, see, I must be doing something wrong by coming to God. There's my proof. My proof is by him trying to put the extra pressure on. Every time I try to get right, my life gets harder. So what he did is said, forget getting right. I'll just stay in the wrong because it's a lot easier. How sad. And We're still praying for him. I'm still believing for him. He's, listen, his rescue's coming because God said it. I had a lot to say today, but uh, God said what he wanted to say. A few more things. It says, verse 19, the Israelite foreman could see that they were in serious trouble when they were told you must not reduce the number of bricks you make each day. Listen, you know, let's just say it. I'm in serious trouble. That's okay. Can we just be okay with that? Come on, I'm not gonna leave you there. I'm gonna encourage you. (laughs) Let's just be okay with that. Let's just be, let's just know that that's how it is instead of, come on, we have this term in Christianity called around the mountain again, because what happens is every single time the devil, if he got you on the tactics last time, what do you think he's going to use next time? The same exact tactics. And every time that God's asking you and calling you and trying to get you free and get you out, get you healthy and get you whatever it is, get you into the calling that he's calling of you, and if the enemy can come and burden you and weigh you down and lie to you and stop you, then he's won. Instead, let's just be, you know what? Okay, Lord, I'm going to trust you, but I know it's going to get harder this week. I know it's gonna be tried and tested and I'm gonna keep trusting you anyway because I see the end. I know the promise and I'm gonna hold on. I'm not gonna to listen to his lies and I'm not gonna care. Fine, so be it. It's extra. I'm sweating more. It's harder, but we're gonna push through it. Listen, what happens in a detox? Come on. All that junk, <laughs> it's not a fun process. I just, we, we Dawns were watching that show all these Chicago, they have Chicago PD, fire, MD, whatever. But they had this alcoholic in a bed and the nurses were slipping in bottles because they said the guy's going to die. He's like, literally, he doesn't want to give it up and he's die- like the detox was literally killing him, cuffing up blood and whatever. They give him a drink to come in and it looked like the guy was completely fine. He's not fine. He's not fine. He's just got his vice back. And that's what the devil wants. Devil wants you to get your vice back. Wants you just to stay in slavery. But it says, come on. It says, as, the, as they left Pharaoh's court, they confronted Moses and Aaron who were watching outside for them. And the foreman said to them, this is the next thing the devil wants you to do. Once he gets you to believe his lie and he gets you burdened, this is the next thing he's gonna do. He will try to get you to curse God every time not only just to get you to be his slave, but he wants the best worship to the, to the devil. It's not just building his kingdom, but cursing God. And I'm not saying like, you know, that Moses is God here, but he was God's representative. He was his ambassador when they cursed Moses as if they were cursing God here, it says, it says, may the Lord judge and punish you. This is a curse. This is what, listen, you gotta be quiet. Lord starts calling you and you start praying, you've got to say one thing out of your mouth, Lord. And no matter what starts coming, no matter what your life looks like, no matter what burdens come because you said, Lord, and no matter what lies are swirling, the worst thing for you to do is to start cursing God because now you're giving absolute and total worship to Satan. At this moment, and he said, judge and punish you for making us stink before Pharaoh and his officials. You're gonna stink before the devil, that's okay. We just need to understand that this is how it works, but God's gonna bring us through because we have a story already penned down, thousands of years old. We know what happens. It's gonna stink for a little while. Who knows that life stinks sometimes for a little while, but he brings you through. Who can testify he's brought you through? Many times, And that's part of their story too. We're going to look into in the weeks ahead. And it says that Moses went back to the Lord. Now, you know, poor Moses. But he says he went back to the Lord and he protested. And he said, why have you brought all this trouble on your own people, Lord? Why did you send me? Ever since I came to Pharaoh as your spokesman, he has been more brutal to your people and you have done nothing to rescue them. Now, that's for all of us. When we go back to the Lord, even when, even when you try to do the right thing, and I mean, we just need to quickly. His prayer should have been, Lord, it's okay. Sometimes it's okay to state the facts, but then I state the truth. The facts are, Lord, this is not cool. This is stinky. (laughs) but you're God. But sometimes look at God's grace. It's not okay that they talked like this, but God's grace will bypass you anyway, which I love about God. Because God could have been a different type of God. He could have been like, excuse me? Well, now you're never getting out. Because Elijah, I told him, you talk back to me and I'm taking away whatever. I gave him punishment. and I'm taking it away for two days. He slams the door of the bathroom. I said, okay, that's two. And that wasn't me being dad because I get, because like, I want to say to him, do you think I want to punish you? Like, God's, God doesn't want to. He wants to give grace. He could be like that. But instead, he says, You can be sure that I've heard the groans of the people of Israel. Come on. God's like, Excuse me? In a nice way, but excuse me, I see it. I see it, and I am well aware of my covenant with them. Come on. God is well aware of his covenant with you. He will not fail you, he will not leave you. Now, listen to what he says here. You got to love this. And we're going to come into a closing here. It says, Therefore, say to the people, this is what you need to say to yourself. He said, I am the Lord. He said, I will. Look at all the I wills in this chunk. Can you put up, I don't know if we, you know what, I'm putting you on the spot. Never mind. Verse six, I will free you from your oppression and will rescue you. Will rescue you from your slavery in Egypt. I will, because I am, I will redeem you with a powerful arm and great acts of judgment. Verse seven, I will claim you as my own people and I will be your God, then, listen, you will know. You will. God says a whole lot of I wills to get you to will. Sometimes the pressure, hes I mean, we're going to get into it next week, but sometimes the pressure gets harder so that God's light shines brighter. Who knows? The darker it is, the smaller the light the brighter it is i said it all confused but you guys get what i'm saying the devil's not going to rob that he just gave you a nugget i will be your god verse eight wait i'm sorry let's finish that up that i will you will know that it's god who has freed you from your oppression in egypt God is jealous. See, because if Pharaoh had just give it, get, got, you know, like if, if you just get rid of your oppression too easily, too quickly, God's not sadistic. 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 But he is jealous. And we don't have time for the teaching of that, but he's God. And he says, I need you to know that I'm God. And if they had, if you had, they had walked out too easily Even with all of this, we're going to find out that it was still hard to give God glory. But if they had walked out, you know, okay, fine, you're free. God would have been forgotten in the mix and Pharaoh would have gotten the glory. Pharaoh let the people go. The world wants to say, okay, you know, even uh, to bring the analogy back to the church, we'll let you be a church, how it is in China, but you're going to do it our way. But the underground church who says no is paying a price even with their own lives, even to this day. God's jealous for his glory. And he said, you need to know. I'm gonna, I will, I will, I will, I will, so that you know. I, you, is to get to the you, verse eight, and I will bring you into the land I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I will give it to you as your very own possession. I am the lord this is for every single stage of your christianity jesus ultimately represents the, this this whole picture he rescued from the world right he rescued us on the cross and jesus went even through the wilderness himself went into the promise and takes us with us so he's really the fulfillment of this already but you're walking it out we're in it right now you're walking out what he's already done and you need to know that god already did it he's already finished and it certainly doesn't look like it sometimes but the rescuing from the world the devil he wants you in that world he wants you enslaved to this system and to their things and he makes it good we're going to look into that too uh, I have to say it. I'm jumping ahead, but they later on when in the wilderness they raved about the cucumbers of Egypt. Sounds pretty dumb to me, especially for TJ who doesn't like vegetables. It's really dumb. But he wants you to love his world, even though you're a slave to it. We need to know who God is now. We need to know that he's God. And just these couple points to close you. It says, see, God sees what we can't see, first of all. His plan, even though we're stubborn and stiff-necked and there's obstacles, they're not in his way. They may look like they're in our way. They're not in God's way. When it doesn't look like God is doing what he said he would do in your life, and things get harder, and cry out again. Come on. Just cry out again. Just keep crying out to him. I just, I'm not saying I'm perfect, because I'm certainly not. But just keep, I'll keep crying out again. I come back to the Lord so many times. I make mistakes in the process of time. But I come back, Lord, today's a new day. I'm crying out again. I don't know why this or that, whatever. I'm going to choose to forget. I'm going to choose to say, this is a brand new day. As if I was brand new in you today. I'm just knowing you today sometimes. Uh, Here's a, I'm, I'm new. This is new. And forget and move on. And we have to hold on to those promises because even when life gets harder and the burdens seem heavier and the trial seems never ending, we need to remember that God is bringing you through. Amen. Let's stand. Lord, we thank you. As I can't get tired of saying, for preserving this word for us, because you're teaching us, you're showing us the tactics of this world and of the enemy. You're also showing us how good you are, and that you hear our cry, and that you'll bring us out. Lord, we give you glory. We give you praise. And every single heart in here, no matter where you're at, I don't care if you're not a Christian yet today, or you've been a Christian, or you've been on the fence or in and out, Today is your day to look to him and to cry out to him again. And if you've been a believer for a long time and you know that those, those areas, see, the more we walk with him, the smaller they could seem to others. But you know in your own heart areas of the world that still have their grip. Just get rid of them because we're giving worship to this world and to the devil of this world when we keep those things in our hearts. So, Lord, we shed those things from us. We thank you, Lord, that we've got to know who you are. And that's your purpose through all of this is so that you show yourself strong, that you're God, and we get to know you, Lord. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.